Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It is Taco Tuesday and Terry Wolf Tuesday. Our man in Manitoba is joining us in a bit. And Lynn Taylor will be back to talk about globalism and um, just another day in Mexico. 12 gunmen killed in clashes with military in Mexico. This is some good news. Uh, Mexican troops on, on patrol killed a dozen gunmen in a clash in Tamaulipas. Um, the shootout occurred when soldiers were patrolling Miguel Aleman municipality on the border with the U.S., uh, and uh, the members of the um, National Defense were attacked by armed civilians who were hiding in the bush at around 2 p.m., a little past high noon. It's really like a spaghetti western out here in Mexico. The clash left 12 assailants dead and soldiers seized 12 guns in an array of ammunition. So happy ending, happy ending uh, right there. A lot of algorithm ghetto news. This one is insane. This is from today, Vietnam to collect biometrics, even DNA for new ID cards. Iris scan voice samples and blood type to be included in database. How you like them apples? So the Vietnamese government's gonna be collecting this stuff uh, beginning in July this year. They should do it on July 4th, just to make a, a statement. There, the prime minister gave instructions to the Ministry of Public Security to collect all that crazy stuff. The ID cards are issued to anyone over the age of 14 and are optional for citizens between the ages of 6 and 14. So I guess that means they're mandatory <laughs> for anyone over 14. So we're now we're at the stage in this algorithm ghetto where you're forced now to give your blood to the government. Absolute insanity 70 million adults in vietnam and they say that makes the collection and safeguarding of this data no small feat definitely not so and it says these this uh, algorithm ghetto will um incorporate it's going to bring everything together health insurance cards social insurance books driver's licenses birth certificates marriage certificates so on and so forth uh, it says new uh, study, your fingerprints can be recreated from the sounds made when you swipe on a touchscreen. So just by swiping your touchscreen, they can figure out your um, fingerprints. Chinese and U.S. researchers show a new side channel can reproduce fingerprints to enable attacks, uh, although they can successfully attack up to 27.9% of partial fingerprints so not quite there but they're on the road um we've also got uh this report from mit tiny tamper-proof id tag can authenticate almost anything so the uh, mit engineers have developed a tiny little tag with near-perfect accuracy which uses terra terahertz uh so it's kind of would replace rfids uh and it would allow you know it could be used they say um, you can use terahertz for ID, security, and authentication. 
I wonder if they'll be using that for humans uh, as well. So a lot of crazy algorithm get on use. Elon Musk reports uh, today, World Wall Street Journal exclusive. Maybe we'll get more into that with uh, Terry, but Elon Musk's SpaceX forges tighter links with U.S. spy and military agencies. No surprise here. They're deepening. He's deepening his ties with U.S. intel and military agencies, winning at least one major classified contract and expanding a secretive company satellite program called star shield he entered into a 1.8 billion classified contract back in 2021 so uh they're getting closer there more censorship multipolar addition here russia is creating a blacklist of youtubers um there's they're deploying a uni a, a unique uh, strategy to impel Russian bloggers utilizing Pentagon Tube to dislocate and establish their platforms on homegrown Russia, Russian social media networks, obviously so as to better be able um, to control them. Um, and they're focused on uh, Russians who deliberately bypass Russian social media networks while broadcasting their content on you. YouTube. I wonder if RT is going to report on on that uh, and some financial news. Doug McGregor has come out and said, I have deep concern for the U.S. Treasury market. The Chinese are selling their long-term treasuries. We're going to see more of that from Japan, India, and Saudi Arabia. We could easily face a financial crisis much worse than a recession. And uh, here's a comment from one of my past guests, Global Sovereignty Solutions. He comments on how in the U.S. personal interest payments have now crossed $550 billion um and this hasn't been seen since like uh 1959 and global sovereignty Solutions says americans have gone into record debt as inflation continues to rip in some cases it's just to stay afloat and in other cases to continue the illusion that their living standards are higher than they actually are to trick themselves that they're still middle class uh gold at three thousand dollars and oil at one hundred dollars by next year 2025 uh, a city some city analysts say is possible and if you can't afford gold buy chocolate uh bloomberg reports javier blast that the meltdown in chocolate is coming it's hitting uh a, a record price uh again they've surged chocolate uh cocoa prices have surged past their previous all-time high which was in place for 46 years gold chocolate uh all right and so give uh tnt radio a follow we're on all the major social platforms including uh all some alt tech platforms facebook x instagram gab getter help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's news talk tnt russia gas prices COVID mandates it just doesn't seem like anybody's doing anything about it today's news talk radio tnt a senior Russian defense official has claimed that NATO soldiers are fighting against the Russian army in the Ukraine conflict disguised as mercenaries. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Rory. I guess this uh, World War propaganda thing is working from both sides, uh, it would appear. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, this is days after Moscow dealt a major blow to Kyiv with the capture of the key Donbass city of uh, Addivka. Um, Ukraine. Okay, so here's who this is coming from. It's coming from Russian General 
let's see, the head, the deputy head of the Russian general staff, his name is his Colonel General Sergei Rudskoy. Uh, he told Krasnya the newspaper on Monday, uh, Ukraine's shelling of Russian civilians, a significant part of which was carried out from Avdivka in the years prior, is happening at Kiev's behest and with the tacit consent of Western states. Okay, so the official says that the U.S. and its allies pump Ukraine full of weapons and provide it with communications services and intelligence information, but some of the equipment requires qualified Western personnel on the ground. Here's what Rudskoy said, quote, NATO soldiers disguised as mercenaries participate in the military operations. They control air defense systems, operational tactical missiles and multiple launch rocket systems and enter into assault detachments, end quote. Wowza. Those are some strong words. If true, this is probably a problem. Uh, there was no evidence provided for the claim, uh, but it has been well known that Western advisors train the Ukrainians on these systems, likely in neighboring countries like Poland. Uh, MLRs and HIMARS have played a huge and crucial role on the battlefield. In 2022, it was even being reported that these weapons were tipping the scales in Ukraine's favor. Uh, MLRS stands for Multiple Launch Rocket System, and it rapid fires several surface-to-surface -surface missiles. It is highly mobile and must be operated by a crew of three. So it does seem a bit plausible. Uh, RT says that in mid-January, the Russian MOD announced it had killed over 60 foreign fighters in a precision strike, of which the majority were French speakers. Although France subsequently denied that any of their armed forces were in Ukraine, the French defense minister acknowledged that some French nationals went to fight as quote-unquote volunteers and claimed that as a quote-unquote democrat, some French nationals went to fight as quote-unquote volunteers and claimed that as a quote-unquote democracy, Paris can't stop them from doing so. Uh, according to the Russians' MOD's estimates, more than 5,900 foreign mercenaries have died in Ukraine since the beginning of the conflict in February 2022. That's right, we're approaching two years of this, if you can believe it. The Ukrainian army suffered almost 160,000 casualties over the course of its disastrous counteroffensive last year alone. That, according to the Russian Defense Ministry. Uh, so, yeah, it's just a bad war. Lots of losses, Hervori. And this accusation now, uh, I mean, we've heard the warnings before about what would happen if uh, there was evidence to suggest that NATO countries were directly involved. Uh, yeah, so uh, that seems to be the case. Now what? What do you think? I, I would say that does seem to be the case. And again, we've been following this trend for a long time. And, you know, I like the term that Dr. Paul Craig Roberts uses you know he, he's uh, he's got a daily column where he uh, he just uses the same phrase the ever widening war and this is an example daily of the ever widening war um i just read what he wrote today he says quote as i previously wrote the israeli american intention is to expand the war against 
Hamas to Lebanon, Syria, Iran, the expansion has begun. And then he says, you know, once Iraqi militias in Syria are out of the picture, uh, Iran is sitting there and its huge number of missiles doing nothing will be next. When Iran falls, the CIA's jihadists will be released into the Russian Federation, Central Asia and China's troublesome province. And he says the inaction of Putin, China and Iran has steeled the American neocons in their agenda of American hegemony. Um, and so he's pointing to their weakness uh, as, as a result. And so this is what we're seeing as a result, where now NATO troops are in Ukraine as things escalate. And, you know, just speaking of Ukraine, this was an absolute insane headline from Wall Street Journal the other day. <laughs> it's so in your face. How war in Europe boosts the U.S. economy. That's like, that's literally a headline. It says, proponents of support for Ukraine usually invoke U.S. strategic interests or moral obligations lately they're making a more calculating case it's good for the economy war is good for business literally like i hear megadeth uh, songs in my head right now um playing but it's it's uh, yeah playing you know when you play with fire you're gonna get burnt and um i think to your comments the russians have twice survived total war right first with napoleon and then hitler and so I don't think they want to really do that again and that's why i think um you know th they're tending to take take it on the chin uh for now but uh, i think every day ruckus this is, this is these are not uh good signs no it's definitely not good signs i mean this is we're talking about the the nato what is, is it article five i i forget the official thing but once that gets invoked then it's uh as you like to say all the time uh party time right um so they're not playing around. I, I've noted. I'm starting to notice that they're they're ramping up the rhetoric again. I mean, again, it's nothing new, but it was kind of quiet for a while. I, it reminds me that wow, you know what? We didn't see this for a minute. They they seem to be focused on other things. The proverbial they, whoever they are, uh, and now it seems like yeah, the gloves are coming off, and we're ready for uh, World War Three. Uh, we're gonna do. Uh, the Putin thing, Russia bad. Uh, they're they're pro they're they're pumping up the nuclear satellite weapon thing again, and I'm just rolling my eyes and holding on to my chair. Her boring. I think they're trying to inch as close as they can to the edge of the abyss, where maybe they don't necessarily want to go thermonuclear. I mean, if they have to, they will. Uh, and so they're trying to see all this chaos that if you know they're 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 seeing the least amount of chaos that they can use to get their world government. Uh, and so I think that's kind of why they're inching forward inch by inch. Uh, and, you know, different, there are unintended consequences. You know, another story, uh, China offers to back Hungary in security matters, threatening NATO's dominance in Europe. So if it's not, you know, you got what's happening in Ukraine, then you got China with Hungary. Uh, because uh, it's reported that in the surprising development, China has offered to support Hungary in security matters, a move that could potentially challenge NATO's influence in Europe. Uh, that could also be encouraging more of these NATO troops to get involved in um, Ukraine. Any any final uh, thought uh, before you leave us, Ruckus? Well, you would. Uh, can you correct me? Is it Article Five or what? What is yeah. that thing called? Okay, cool. Yeah, if, thanks. Yeah, it, was, it was Article Five. Uh, let's hope we don't Neat. Uh, get, get there. The article five uh, all right catch up with you in a bit we've got terry wolf joining us feel free to call in we'll be right back affordable housing we can build that sustainable housing we can build that 
At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. Are you sitting comfortably? Oh, yes, yes. Then I'll begin. Even when you're just sitting around, we're rocking the talk. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's Terry Wolf Tuesday joining us from Canada, FEMA Region 11 of the Canadian sector of the North American Union. Terry Wolf, wolfpox.com, winterchristian.substack.com. He's got a bunch of books. He's been on a bunch of podcasts like James Delling Poles podcast, uh, lately what's what's happening uh, out north terry well i guess what's happening is uh everyone's sort of once again bracing for impact with the the coming carbon tax increase that is supposed to happen on april 1st um it's going to go up by 30 percent i know we've probably mentioned that but uh, now i'm looking at more articles that actually you know explain what that means uh for example there's a there's a global news article carbon uh sorry canada's carbon pricing is going up again what it means for your wallet um they're saying that so it's going to rise from for example 50 dollars per ton of emissions to 65 dollars per ton of emissions on april 1st that's the fuel charge uh, people have already been looking at natural gas bills and you know there's basically all these warning signs that energy and all usage of energy is going to go up by this 30 percent which you know canadian housing uh, canadian food prices and, and any kind of prices have gone up so much just based on the chain reaction of this as every step in the chain of growth and manufacturing and distribution and everything is taxed separately and it all accumulates so every increase in carbon taxes has this multiplying effect it's almost exponential price increasing and uh, it there i mean just everything i read about it is is absurd there's there's videos of people um that i've seen you know looking into this and they find out there's not even any system in place to track whether this reduces global warming or this this has any positive effect on the climate they're doing the taxes just on the basis the the sort of belief the ideology that carbon is evil and that reducing it is good and that it will help the climate and save the world they don't have to justify anything there's no science behind it at all it's just a talking point to create this taxation system and destroy our 
our industry and destroy our freedom and our and price people down to poverty levels so that they can give us probably a universal basic income or as we've seen over and over again in Canada by now with our made euthanasia you know system people are getting killed just based on the idea that they're poor like I mean there's famous reports by now of people saying I'm basically you know they have a health issue but the only reason why they're going to the maid program and getting themselves killed is because they can't afford to live anymore so I mean Canada is just such a it's such a demonic system by now this these tax increases on carbon are not only the unscientific they're anti-scientific and uh, it's going to have this multiplying effect of shoving more people into the margins where they can be they can be eliminated one way or another it's, it's disturbing uh, it's frustrating and people are starting to wake up but it just doesn't feel like it's making any difference you know maybe there needs to be another trucker convoy just for this i don't know like what do you do about it i don't know what the answer is i'm here to observe um basically and i've been talking to people people uh lately uh in, in europe they're feeling the pinch everywhere and uh, you know here in mexico at the the taxis have increased 40 50 pesos now uh mm -hmm. for the usual um routes and you know this is the march of the neo neo-feudalism you know I, I was watching David Knight who I know you're a fan of formerly of Info, mm -hmm. Infowars he does great work uh, and he was doing a clip and, and I had missed this story from last month we're in the Europe now in the EU the Fourth Reich they're discussing where if you've got a car that's 15 years uh old or or, or later you won't be able to repair it like they what happened to recycling right no uh no with cars yeah you know plastic yeah but cars that allow you the freedom of of movement no we can't sorry it's absolute insanity terry now i'm seeing them introduce climate tourist taxes we talked about having children as a climate crime it's total insanity and and for me one of the questions is there are some threads that i follow and in, in, in i'm in some groups where they're trying to say that we're causing the climate to change that's bunk but there is an interesting discussion you know between the old peak oil people who are saying we're running out of resources and then the people who lean more towards like abiotic oil oil is plentiful and all that stuff I'm leaning more towards that we've got enough resources although you know I do have to say maybe it is possible that some of them don't renew uh as 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 quickly and so I think that's something that's hard to figure out but yeah any any uh further thoughts you have on this madness no i one of the things i was just thinking is you know people obviously hope that trump will get in and and fix all of this and have this sort of uh you know tough anti-globalist position that he can get back to sort of protectionist policies and and fixing the economy was his supposed to be a strong suit and then i see a story this one's from the National Post on Trump selling gold shoes at a sneaker conference for $355 or sorry, not for $355. Um, I believe they're $400. And, um, you know, this, this is what he's up to these days. He's selling shiny gold shoes with American flags on them. <laughs> okay. So we don't have any, we don't have any chance. There's, there's nobody coming to save us here. NFTs, so you can get Trump's NFTs and Trump's um, 
Nikes, right? 400 bucks. Uh, and, and the new website, they're also selling Trump, uh, what was it? Well, high tops, Trump branded shoes, cologne, victory 47 cologne and perfume for a hundred bucks, Terry. So there you go. Round it out at 500, a pair of shoes and Trump perfume. That's going to save us. Yeah. It's not looking good. Is it? The sneakers say never surrender on them. So, you know, if you're, if you can afford $500, shoes you know that this is american dollars so in canada that would be uh, quite a bit more and uh yeah you could have never surrender on your shoes while the world falls apart around you and and really feel like you made a difference i guess and uh and you're saving the republic from this the globalist conspiracy draining the swamp with shiny sneakers on like it's so it's so comical um you know it, it is clown world and anybody who can't see that you know, his idea of snipping his little suit into little pieces, you know, that he was wearing on the day that he got his mug shot um, and, and selling that to people like that was like all of this is this is a post Steve Bannon. You know, he doesn't know what populism even is anymore. He has no clue what how to do any of this stuff. And he never did like he after being the president for four years, he still doesn't know anything about what people want and how stupid this is. So it's kind of like he's still just in his cult of personality. He's just going with what his advisors tell him. I, I don't see any evidence that, that Trump gets it, even though he does a speech every once in a while where he says he's going to now he's going to kill the deep state. He's going to be the retribution. He's going to be this, you know, he, he does speeches where he talks like he's going to you know, uh, nuke the Pentagon or something and save everyone. Like he doesn't, there's no substance to it. And so um, these kinds of theatrics and exploiting people's, you know, desperation by selling stuff and creating a brand identity around it is very, uh, very indicative of the shallowness of his thinking. Maybe he does know what people want. And maybe we are at the stage of idiocracy where people just want, $400 sneakers and Netflix and chill. Uh, I'll tell you what I won't surrender. Uh, I won't surrender $400 for a pair of sneakers. How about them apples? It's time for our headlines. We'll be right back. Here's a little news flash. TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. The Australian government has announced a significant $11.1 billion enhancement for the Royal Australian Navy, which will see the Navy's warship fleet expand from 11 to 26 vessels by the late 2040s, marking the largest fleet since World War II. Elon Musk has expressed his view that Ukraine will not emerge victorious in its conflict with Russia, suggesting that the prospects for Kyiv and any potential peace negotiations are diminishing as the conflict continues. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda, it never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio, free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk, this is TNT Radio. Check out Terry Wolf's website again, wolfpox.com. He's got at least three books uh, out there and winterchristian.substack.com. I've been enjoying his articles 
um, as of late, and which in fact uh, reminded me we didn't talk about one last time. But before getting to that, any thoughts on Elon Musk? I know you um, dig into his stuff from time to time. Apparently, it's reported today that Musk announced via Spaces X Spaces that the first human implanted with Neuralink's brain chip has made a full recovery. The patient is able to control a mouse using only their thoughts. And I may have mentioned previously, and I was at Anarchapulco, and I even met people who openly said that they believe in this true transhumanism, that they want that alchemy. They want to live forever, and they're uh, they're gonna they plan on biohacking and um uh, mm. getting into the singularity. Uh, and you know these are the kind of people that are gonna sign up for these neuralinks for the matrix. Um, uh, and e even if they're in the dissident movement, which is fascinating. And then Wall Street Journal as well today. Interesting, the timing reports that SpaceX is forging tighter links with you know the the Pentagon. Basically, what do, what do you make of uh, some of these developments? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's a couple stories that in my mind are tied together here with, um, you know, the, the obviously Elon Musk, you know, proving again and again that he's a military contractor. He's a front man for the military, SpaceX, you know, getting involved directly with spy agencies. Um, you know, they are, this, this is fascinating, like SpaceX... It's deepening its ties, with, the article says, with U.S. intelligence and military agencies winning at least one major classified contract and expanding a secretive company satellite program called Starshield for national security customers. So it's not just, you know, Elon Musk being, that they're going to use his existing technology. This is going to be an expanding contract. It's classified. It's secretive. Why would anybody be trusting Elon Musk anymore if you're part of the the movement, you know, this resistance idea? Um, you can't simultaneously be the well, I guess you know, I've heard people make it sound like he is such a um he's such a Tony Stark figure that, you know, he alone can balance the the morality of uh US spy agencies and the military versus the, the greater good for humanity that, you know, even though the military is bad, Elon Musk is so good that he'll find a way to make it a positive. So he truly has that sort of same Trump cult type of uh, thing going on around him. The idea that p people are actually controlling things with their, with the brain chips. I'm not going to believe that until I hear somebody that's personally credible, demonstrating it and see it for myself. It, it's very easy to to say that this is happening. I also don't believe that their Tesla robot is particularly real. There's so much fraud around Elon Musk in particular that almost nothing he has done has been genuine or real. Like the Tesla cars, the 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 Cybertruck that they just released is full of false advertising. Like they're basically everything Elon Musk does is wide open to being shut down and class action lawsuits and sued and regulated into oblivion it just doesn't happen because he has this magical protection around him because he's a pentagon agent i mean he's that's how i see everything he does so is this actually happening are people actually controlling uh digital things with their brains using this microchip or 
is it something to get investors to skyrocket his his uh, companies and flood all this capital into his system at a time when his other businesses are failing? It's kind of like as one of his businesses is failing and not making any money, like Twitter, you know, he can then have some other scam that comes in, sucks up all this capital, and then he looks good again in the balance sheets because there's always this next promise, this next uh, mirage that by the time you reach that one, it fades away, but then there's another one on the horizon that you can get excited about. So I, I trust nothing related to him. And I feel like, uh, you know, the the technology timing of this with the AI generation, like you said, people are wanting to get into the the metaverse, basically, and this uh, idea of transhumanist unlocking potential. We talked about David Icke and Alex Jones and Elon Musk having that debate last week, or, or I don't even know if it was last week or the week before, but this debate they had where David Icke was warning about Elon Musk and Alex Jones was defending him, and then Elon Musk actually called in using a, a fake name. Um, you know, this is right at the forefront of the discussion right now. So it's it's interesting to see how uh, how the controversy around all these things is going to play out because the the alternative truth movement or whatever you want to call it is not as unified as people like to think. There are these big questions that remain to be. Uh, answered and people aren't very willing to have the debate something just came to mind for me is that you know we can't underestimate these freaks in london and davos and washington but um if you look at their formula that because you, you know you're questioning this transhumanist technology its capability and you know what if they're they scare us with these great reset narratives and that you've commented on this before as a potential scenario maybe it's like a red herring maybe that's not really what they're going for and look what they did with COVID. they use the carrot and stick uh, approach they either entice us or um kind of force us because you know even during COVID, you were still able to never take a pcr test or an injection like 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 i haven't and they want to they, they, they it's like self-induced right they we basically the people who got jabbed kind of did it to themselves and that kind of reminds me of this Neuralink thing now where they're not going to force it upon you you're going to kind of like inject it yourself right you're going to be convinced to uh and so you know th that could be uh you know a, a line of thought we we sort of keep open going forward and then in this article the interesting piece it says regarding Musk and his new deal with the devil, Pentagon. Uh, satellites play a major role in US national security, tracking missile launches and providing secure com communications. Other monitor, Others monitor activity on the ground using cameras uh, or sensors. Some Pentagon space leaders want to move away from ordering powerful but large satellites that might take a decade to build and launch. In their place, they say they want contractors to quickly launch satellite swarms. That's the key word right there. That can stay online when other systems fail. Officials are planning for an aggressive pace of military and spy satellite launches in the year ahead. And bottom line here uh, for me, Terry, is that this is Skynet becoming self-aware. I think this is all going to be used to control the world's um, population. Yeah, I'm, I'm still reading the article myself. There's there's so much, so many red flags at once. It's It's hard to know even where to start because you've got the international conflicts, the, the geopolitical scene on the big picture where if there are going to be massive cyber attacks on 
critical infrastructure being shut down and this sort of things we've been looking forward to already. They've been warning about the cyber pandemic and all these things. Is this part of the counter reaction to that where if they have satellites, you know, that are this that are operational regardless of the fiber optics and the stuff on the ground level, maybe they can bypass some of this stuff and with the AI deep fakes and the sort of misinformation distrust, maybe this is like almost an entirely different internet that they're trying to set up that they control through space force, which Trump created. Like there's a lot of things that, that we could question about this and, and, you know, the timing of it now when, um, you know, there's, there's really no other need for this. They have, you'd think they have everything in place already, but it feels like this is the type of move that is setting up something else, you know, that, that uh, we're not seeing yet. There's, there's a, cyber war that is going to possibly wipe out everything that terrestrial that we generally use and then the only internet that exists could be these satellites or something like that i'm trying to think of those types of alternatives i i didn't think of that but i think that makes perfect sense so if the existing networks take a hit they've got out of range their second network that you know we couldn't you know get get to um so anyways <laughs> fascinating stuff we'll keep an eye out on that and i thought this was an important article which i sent to you from honest-broker.com which is titled the state of the culture 2024 uh, or a glimpse into post entertainment society and it basically says you know sports uh films music tv music it's all collapsing and it's fascinating what what they say is going to be the next um sector it says the fastest growing sector of the culture economy but think about this it's literally idiocracy so you know they're not making movies anymore the studios are firing people they're losing money people aren't even watching them what are people doing it says the fastest growing sector of the culture economy is distraction or call it scrolling or swiping or wasting time or whatever you want but it's not art or entertainment it's just ceaseless activity the key is that each stimulus only lasts a few seconds and must be repeated. It's a huge business. You would know, they mentioned TikTok. Uh, you were big and still uh, are on TikTok. And basically, you know, what does this say, Terry, when people are losing interest in books, movies, TV, music, and it's all just the screens and like five minute clips. And, and now he's basically saying that these industries are going to, uh, be going into this and producing more, you know, five uh, more short term entertainment to get people just to just because that's the only way that they can make money. Right. And, and any thoughts on this? Yeah, I thought this was a pretty fascinating article. The idea that I, I like the diagrams and stuff they have, they really break it down in a simple way where it's like you had art, then art sort of became, you know, uh, consumed by just entertainment in general, just anything's on but it's still a production it's still uh, something that somebody had to put some effort into but it's not classy anymore it's just sort of consumer grade uh trash and then distraction being just almost like you know the the keys jingling in your face it's just uh distraction it's just something to do i would also um remind people that based on at least the statistics that i've seen and the studies that i've seen uh, if you want to count, I don't know where 
pornography counts in the distraction, entertainment, whatever system. But uh, I've seen statistics recently that say that pornography has, in, t- in terms of time used and uh, users browsing it at any given time online and the revenue that it creates, it it dwarfs any traditional entertainment space. Um, and And several of the major industries combined don't make as much money as pornography does. And of course, there's all this, you know, OnlyFans and, and amateur level stuff that's happening where the users, it's like social media as well, right? The, the users create the content and they consume the content, except it's all much more monetized than than normal. And so um, I would, I don't know if you could lump that into the distraction uh, diagram here, but that would make sense to me because it's not really entertainment and it is addictive. And that's kind of the point that they're making here is that we're just sort of sliding down towards just sheer degenerate uh, addiction and nothing that's uplifting or, or, you know, really artistic or interesting and edifying. So this combined with stuff like the metaverse, the Apple vision pro, the, the brain chips, all this, this, the metaverse sort of vision of the future is like, it's pretty, it's a pretty short leap to say that traditional entertainment uh, goes away and you get it replaced by this addictive sensory overload directly controlled by your brain, immersive dopamine prison that they can really trap you in. Yeah, I mean, it says that uh, the goal, they talk about, as you mentioned, dopamine uh, addiction is the goal. Uh, and they, they Now they want to design everything to lock users into this addictive cycle they say anything that might persuade you to leave the platform a news story or any outside link is brutally punished by their algorithms kind of a little bit what we've seen with twitter x right when they um throttle like substack the substack images don't um, automatically come up anymore uh, on posts on twitter x and so this is it it's basically as they say a pod pod slave and it's really sad like i say we gotta go analog unplug go outside uh so on and so forth it's time for our break uh terry again people can go to wolfpox.com winterchristian.substack.com check out terry's books his TikTok. we'll be right back give me a minute with tnt radio's steve malsberg probably the biggest story of last week was joe biden's cognitive ability or lack thereof and it was two weeks ago that biden on the same day that the special counsel released his report on biden's documents that he had hidden and claiming that biden didn't remember when his son Bo died biden reacted this way. Lester, President Biden became heated, you'll remember, responding to the special counsel's assertion that he could not remember within several years when his son Bo died. Last week, the president criticized her for asking him about it. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Ah, but NBC News broke this story and ruined the Biden narrative. But tonight, NBC News has learned that her never asked that question, according to two people familiar with the interview last fall. They say it was the president, not her or his team, who first introduced Bo Biden's death. The sources say the president got the date, May 30th, correct, but not the year. This is huge news. So Biden was never asked about his son's death. He brought it up. Now, is he lying about all this or does he not remember? Either way, 
Can you say 25th Amendment now? Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. By the way, what is up with the TNT Radio X Twitter uh, account? I had the tab open. All my other Twitter tabs pages work. but And I tried this in two different browsers when I was trying to scroll through the TNT Radio Twitter X feed. It, the page locked up and froze. And then when I closed the page, you know, everything else was working fine. All these other, but specifically TNT radio, what is going on? Are they coming after, are they starting to play tricks and psyops on TNT radio? Maybe, you know, we are on the target over the target, um, as they say, but any, any final thoughts on that honest broker piece, which again, it's making the case that entertainment is dead and i've kind of felt that way as well and it really sheds some insight that people today you look everywhere you look i was at the airport the other day uh and this dude's older mexican man with his wife blasting rock music sitting next to me not even care it doesn't care about you know the the public space and everyone else on their phones and i try to just put my phone away and just observe everything that's going on but everyone wants those dopamine hits this five second little TikTok, instagram nuggets any final thoughts on that yeah well i do still use TikTok, and i and i try to pay attention to some of the trends there and TikTok is heavily promoting right now long form videos actually so um they've said as much publicly they they are trying to compete with youtube just as youtube is trying to compete with TikTok. so they're actually heavily uh, promoting and and their algorithm is promoting long form videos, um, you know, 10 minutes plus. Uh, so it's not just short videos anymore. Al uh, TikTok is promoting longer videos, which is kind of sad that I, uh, you know, I'm not uh, making many videos anymore. It'd be good for somebody who does video longer form content and even widescreen. They're saying they want to have widescreen longer videos on there. So um, if anyone's interested in that, it's not just short videos anymore. I know I just also point out that in terms of the social engineering here, uh, you know, you can go back to, um, you know, obviously 1984, you can go back to all these other dystopian old sci-fi books. You can go to Bertrand Russell's view of the future in his book, The Scientific Outlook, where he describes a society that was run scientifically. And the common theme you'll see over and over again is that they want, uh, 
people to be locked into a fantasy world. They wanted to have, uh, and, and it always comes back to sex. It always comes back to pornography and this idea of meaningless relations and birth control and obviously controlling the human population and reproduction and destroying the family unit. So for me, I see this as being trying to make a major step towards this sort of immersive fantasy uh, pornographic world where you could have, you know, you could really see people being sucked into this and having, uh, you know, this this abandonment of the traditional family idea at all as it becomes more immersive and, and that kind of stuff. So you, you, maybe you combine that with, you know, the psychedelic kind of thing that they're pushing through the fringes as well all of the time. Um, you know, get high, strap on a VR headset, go to the metaverse and and have your pleasure land. You're just pure dopamine irresponsibility and be totally disengaged from the real world. And so this this comes back to much older theories of how to control humanity through social engineering. Yeah, and you know, it's it's as as they've drugged us on the three to five second Instagram, TikToks, Twitter, whatever stuff they're building the algorithm ghetto uh, around us you know russia is creating a blacklist of youtubers vietnam is now going to take its citizens blood uh they're going to collect biometrics even dna for new digital id cards iris scans voice samples blood types um absolute in in insanity um it's just you know they're firing on ahead um any thoughts on the technocracy? Well, I, just as a, as, I don't know how much we can get into it, but the this we we're talking about the matrix, you know, and this the same thing. The article was talking about the matrix, this open AI Sora project, which Sam Altman is connected to and his company. Uh, you know, there's a nice blog on technology called the Algorithmic Bridge. Uh, they have an a Substack article called Open AI. OpenAI Sora, one step away from the matrix. It's about this text to video AI model, not text to image, but text to video. And if you've ever seen the clips that it's producing, it's kind of unbelievable that it's it's even happening. Um, it is leaps and bounds ahead of anything else that people have seen. You have complex, very hyper-realistic environments with persistent lighting and objects text and numbers and proportions and everything happening. And uh, this really ties in with an early theory that I had that they were trying to use video game engines to train these models. And it looks like they're using more advanced video game models like Unreal Engine 5. That's what uh, this author is saying in his piece. And that by doing that, you can sort of train the AI to see objects from every angle and they're saying, and I'll just take a point from here. It says that the the OpenAI and Sora as world simulator uh, should be able to simulate animals, environments, people, and have long range coherence and object permanence interacting with the world. Because of course, video game engines actually have physics, and they have all the simulation necessary to to have lighting and sound and and physics actually interaction that's the whole point of video games is to interact and they say that they should be able to simulate an entire world eventually like minecraft where you just sort of have this open environment so you combine that with any kind of immersive metaverse thing it, 
you know, who knows what shape it takes, but it's it's looking like the pieces are in place to have a very realistic, totally fake Matrix-like world where it's, I still don't believe we'll ever actually get there. I still think it is kind of a, a big scare and mirage thing, but it is impressive, the the pieces that they're putting together now. Yeah, and you know, that's great that you, I, I like, uh, who doesn't like a good video game, but what if, again, that was one of the early steps of building out the al algorithm ghetto and you, you did an interesting uh, on your Substack experiment the other day where you just uh you're, you're crowdsourcing answers breaking points 2024 you ask what do you think are the breaking points for 2024 politically economically socially legally militarily spiritually will there be points of no return uh for the world uh there are people that are cyanide pilled others talking about potential election outcomes i kind of don't care anymore about voting or election um outcomes i find like they're not important anymore regardless of who is in charge um you know you're did you get any rare interesting answers there um and you know i guess my breaking point would be again the cyber uh event that's just going to drive this digital id process i think that is the biggest threat um thoughts there yeah, I wanted to do this to see if people had kind of a, a, the capacity to really imagine specific breaking points and events that they think are going to happen. And what I found was sort of what I expected, which is that people are ready to say how they feel about the overall like probability of things going well and to give their attitude on different things. But it's pretty hard to get people to imagine specific crises and and to sort of make a prediction of what's going to happen um, because it, it's like they want to, they haven't thought through the actual strategy of how things play out. Um, it's obviously very interesting and I'm, you know, I'm happy to get people's feedback on how they feel about where we are, uh, but there was very little in terms of like substantial particular examples and um and and for me that's a that's a very interesting psychological thing to notice is that even when people are very informed and they've been listening to a lot of commentary and they've been sort of up to date they still don't really want to put their foot down on like placing bets so to speak on like what actually happens this year and so um yeah i'm going to keep trying to get more feedback from people on this stuff but uh that's sort of the takeaway for me is that you have people kind of giving generalizations but not specific events you you should specify next uh time about being specific we'll talk about your other posts um next week again wolfpox.com with depression.substack.com um what's your tiktok uh, Mr. Wolfpox. Um, it's Wolfpox with MR in front of it. If you want to find me on TikTok, I, I think you're on a gab, but I don't think you post much there. Uh, I am uh, as well. And so, all right, uh, catch up with you next week. Um, Terry, I'll be right back after the break.